Welcome, everyone. This is the baseball preview edition of the Bumcast. I am your host, HBIC. Once again, joined by Baloney and the Southside Bum. And welcoming back for our baseball preview is Cousin John to give us all his takes on all things Cubs. Welcome back, John. For having me again. Ready to go. So, the obviously, since this is our baseball season preview episode, uh, we're going to give you guys listening out there our you know, predictions for the season, our team MVPs, all that good stuff for the Sox and the Cubs. But we're going to start off the podcast talking about the big news in on the north side of town, and that is the disrespect that the Cubs are showing Anthony Rizzo by reportedly offering him a five-year, $70 million contract extension, which even, I tweeted this out, even as a Sox fan, that just, that seemed like a Jerry Reinsdorf deal right, right up there. Um, John, what's your thoughts on the uh, Rizzo offer? Yeah, I, I, I'm battling with it personally. I, I think that overall the offer, if, if that's really what it was, you know, there's kind of some reports saying that, you know, it might've been four years, 60 million. They upped it up um, to five years and 70 million. Either way, if, if those were the offers, that's a joke. I mean, this guy is like, you know, if baseball had a captain, he'd have the C on his chest. You know, this is, this is the guy who's been the face of the organization for at least, you know, the half, you know, the last decade, um, you know, when they traded for him, this was the guy that, you know, everyone said, we we're going to build with this guy, we're going to build around him. And, um, you know, he's, he was there for some, a lot of the bad years as they were really developing that team. So the, the part I struggle with personally is, you know, I also fear them going in a direction where you're paying him too much and we have a Brent Seabrook situation where you're going to basically handicap your payroll because we, we we've already seen that Ricketts is not going to go over the luxury tax he's not going to push the envelope when it comes to that um, so you know how much do you want to invest in a first baseman that has had back problems that uh, you know has shown some injuries even though he's played through those injuries he's only going to get older um, you know a fifth year would have put him at 37 years old and baseball has shown us when you give guys contracts into age 37, it's, they're not great deals. So, you know, I think that it, it probably, in my opinion, it should have been a shorter deal, which is fine, but make it front loaded, you know, make it heavy at the, at the beginning of the uh, contract, but he should be rewarded for what he's done for that organization, that team. So, uh, you know, I, I think that obviously it was a joke. They could have done better. They need to do better. And they really need to build equity back with the fans again. I mean, they let Lester go for, you know, chump change, you know, and then they brought back Arietta to basically, you know, hopefully overshadow that they let him walk, you know, and said, Hey guys, you know, Hey Cubs fans, we're bringing back some nostalgia. We're bringing back Jake, the snake who throws 91, 92 miles per hour now in that soft throwing rotation. So, you know, they, they have some damage control to do as an organization to really kind of save face with the fan base um, and I think it's got to start with Rizzo. They, they have to show the fans that they are going to invest in the future, but still protect players that have done things for the future or for the, the past as well. Yeah, I, I definitely think they should have started at least five for 100. I think that's maybe more what he's looking for. I mean, because right now when you look at the contracts in baseball, these you know guys are getting 30 plus million now a season. I, and I'm not going to try to compare Rizzo to Trout or Tatis or Machado or Harper or any of those guys who are, are going to be pulling in that kind of money now. But I mean, just, just even trying to give them $14 million, that's, that's, it's at some point it's like, that's almost arbitration money for some hitters and to not even give them like even, even fair market is, is disrespectful. Like I think he's looking for like Goldschlager money or something like that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, whatever. Fuck it. Goldsmith. Thank you. It's been a long day. <laughs> I may be, I may have had a couple of drinks. <laughs> uh, Jason, I'm going to piggyback off what you said. And John, um, I think the Cubs right now are in a are in between a rock and a hard place. Um, I think the right thing would be to appease the appease the fans after this off season. But like you said, if you go past four or five years, then he, he's 36, 37 with a bad back. So it, there's no right answer. It, I see it both ways where um, the, the Cubs want to protect themselves, but also he's earned it. He's earned the money. And like you said, 
he should he is the face of the franchise he's the captain without the c on his chest um so it's tough i think um realistically a three-year contract but have it like you said be front loaded would be best but he's looking for more security he's look he's earned it so it's tough and i think you want him to retire a cub you know he he's a cub you know if he you know i don't think he's gonna have hall of fame numbers that are you know going to get him in the hall or anything like that but if there's a cubs hall of fame he's in the cubs hall of fame he's he's one of the best first basemen we've ever had um you know as an organization and again, it's, it's a tough spot because you look across baseball, who's paying top dollar for first baseman. You know what I mean? You, you go out, you can find first baseman anywhere you go out, you get an, an elderly, uh, you know, designated hitter like Nelson Cruz, and you can stick them at first. You could get a catcher who's having injury issues and you put them at first. So, you know, it's, it's tough because you want, you, you want that gold glove first baseman, of course, but is it a necessity? Most teams can get by without having that. So I see where the Cubs are standing, but you know, again, to my main point, they do need, they need to rebuild equity with the fans. They need to show us that we, we are going to reward the players that have done things for us and have rebuilt this organization from basically a joke because, you know, the lovable losers was the big name, you know, forever. And, and then we became winners. We became the target, you know, and, and that was, a large part when they traded for Rizzo and he ascended into what he is and what he was. So I think he will still be a consistent player, even into his later thirties, he might hit maybe 15 to 20 home runs, but he'll still drive in some runs. He'll still make contact. He'll still put the ball in play. And in this era, you need guys like that. So, you know, I, I think they got to do something at this point and who knows if the national league will add a DH eventually. And if they do, you know, maybe it's him. You think that, they lowballed Rizzo to save money to pay Javi. That's a good question. I, I think they lowballed Rizzo because the National League Central has allowed them to lowball players. I think that the the Central as a division is garbage. You know, you have a lot of mediocre teams there. You know, you looked at uh, what was it? Fangraphs came out I think recently, and they don't have they only have one team fitting at finishing at five hundred this year. Uh, and, and I think they're probably not that far off base. You know, the pitching is terrible up and down every single team in the central. And that's really allowed Ricketts to, to close his wallet and say, Hey, you know what? We don't have to spend, we can be competitive, even with the soft throwing rotation, you know, with Hendricks and Davies and, and guys like that, you know, and, and they can still compete. I mean, they did it last year. They won the division and they weren't even that good. They were the most overrated, uh, you know, division winner heading into the playoffs I think anyone could agree with that. We saw them score what one run <laughs> in the whole two games. So, um, you know, I think, I think the central is a large part on why they were able to lowball him. And I think Ricketts is taking advantage of that. Yeah. I, you just look at all the, the way that they're kind of trying to cut costs now claiming that it's their debt from all the investments and around the ballpark and everything. But once the, once the, the capacity starts getting bumped up and people start flocking to the hotel and all this, they're going it, to, it just the cash cow is going to roll in. So, I mean, they're crying poor now, but they're not going to be come mid end of summer. If the trends that people are forecasting capacity wise are coming true. I mean, it's, they're going to just be raking in the dough, especially when you're still charging buck 25 a ticket. So, I, I really don't get what's going on with their narrative. I will say, Jason, we had this same conversation that the Cubs fans are having with Jose Abreu. Um, and he was right around the same age when he got his contract. So we are acting like he's up in age and stuff like that, but he can still ha easily have an MVP caliber year. Yeah. You know? So that being said, it's the appeasement of fans is what worries me is like, I feel like there's an unrest with Cubs fans right now. And this would go a long way with kind of calming those voices. Yeah, definitely. I think they should definitely make a better offer and who knows, maybe he get, he comes, they start the season, he starts hot and then, you know, Ricketts is kind of like, all right, here, here's the deal. Or maybe he says, fuck it, feels disrespected and tests free agency. 
I, I have found the Cubs, though. I don't think I want to let him test free agency. Well, I think at this point he has, you know, reports are coming out that he's told his agent that that's it. He doesn't want to talk contract into the season. It's too much of a distraction. So it looks like we're heading into tomorrow with no extension. And he is basically going to write out the season and see where it takes him, you know, and I don't know if they'll come up with something quickly after the season ends, but it looks like he's content with just writing out the season and seeing where it takes him. And that's, it's, it's really sad, you know, Peter's right. We, as Cubs fans are, we're frustrated. We're upset. You know, they build this team that was supposed to be a dynasty, you know, and it's just been really frustrating, you know, and I, I know you guys know this. I don't have to preach it to you, you know, as, as Sox fans, you know, but enjoy the ride while it happens. Cause man, the fall from grace, it, it can happen so fast. And then you're, you're right back to square one, you know, your owner, you know, Reinsdorf is no spender either. So uh, who knows what the, the socks will look like in five to seven years. And, you know, we're maybe we're having the same conversation where you, it's a one and done and it should have been more. And, you know, ownership just didn't do enough to really kind of push the envelope and push all their chips in. Don't put yeah. that juju on us, John. <laughs> well, to transition the contract talk to the other side of town. So Rick Hahn has done a fabulous job of locking up that core for at least like the next six, seven years. I mean, you got Tim Anderson, you got Mankata, you got um, Lou Bob. Um, who else did he? Eloy. I mean, well, well, let's hope that Eloy contract doesn't come back to bite us in the ass, but at this point, he's still hoping Everything is going to be fine. Yeah, everything's going to be fine. I'm looking, talk I'm looking myself, at your face Talk right myself now. off the ledge. Everything's going to be fine. Um, the, the one thing I'm really worried about, though, and that is that they have not had a, at, at least not in the media, any ongoing talk with Giolito. Um, I feel like, we all know Reinsdorf's MO when it comes to pitchers. He doesn't want to give the long-term deals. He doesn't want to give them the big money contracts like, you know, Trevor Bauer gets or anything. Obviously 40 million is ridiculous anyways for Bauer, but I'm just still talking about the 30 million Garrett Coles and all that stuff. Um, the fact that he hasn't been extended yet and the, all of the other core has scares the shit out of me because if he goes into the season and, and finishes with another top of the AL Cy Young ballots that price tags going up and then that's just going to give more of a reason for Reinsdorf to say, well, I can't afford them because we have all these other contracts that for these guys that we have to, we have to pay them. We don't want to afford for the pitching because, you know, we got Kopech and we got Cease and, you know, we got um, crochet that are going to want these big deals. So I'm, I'm kind of worried about that because I definitely think that geo should be a priority one a and Andrew Vaughn, one B for those team friendly deals that Rick Hahn's been pushing out. Yeah. And didn't the report come out today um, in the media session? He's he flat out said he wants to end his career with the white Sox. He says he, he doesn't see himself playing for another team. So hopefully that's the case. And I know we like to cry and, and complain about Jerry, but this is on Rick Hahn too. Um, they could easily give him an off. I think he, they could easily give him an offer that he would take. Cause you see um, everything that he does for this team, whether it's, it's calling players that are free agents and, and signing with the team or like he's taking on that, like captain's role as a starting pitcher. And you kind of have to reward that. And like you said, Jason, before it gets too late, because if we're, we're, we're going to talk about it, um, in the next segment, but team MVPs, I, I expect him to be the White Sox team MVP. And I expect him to go as or the White Sox are going to go as far as their starting pitching goes. And he's going to be the, the main part of it. So hopefully they sign him, but it, it's scary. Like you said, Jason, you know, and with Chialito, I think the crazy thing about pitching in baseball is both sides really have leverage in some way, you know, you're, as far as the team friendly deal, you're probably not going to get it from a lot of, you know, frontline aces like Giolito, but as a pitcher, you know, that injury is looming right around the corner. You want that security. You want that long-term deal, you know, and as if you're the White Sox, you recognize that, you know, that let's get them signed up. Let's get them, you know, signed up for the future. But also I think, you know, as an organization and as an outsider, you know, as a Cubs fan, which is, an organization that cannot develop pitching to save their lives. 
you know, I can look in and see that even if they don't secure Giolito, they definitely have the talent in the scouting department to replace them. You know, I mean, we, the, the, the conversation when Chris Sale left is who's going to replace Chris Sale. You know, this guy's a stud. How could you let him walk? You know, he goes to Boston, makes crazy amount of money, gets hurt, you know? And, and I think like I, I talked about a lot with, you know, with Juan, like his mechanics always look so funky to me. Like they always look like, man, that's like Tommy John's just waiting to happen. His elbow looks like it's about to snap every time he throws a slider, you know, but um, I think they really, they, they can replace Giolito even if they don't secure him, you know, and I think they've proven that they can draft or they can trade for prospects. They can identify them um, and they can get them cheaper. And I think that's, it's a hard thing with pitching. You know, you, you don't want to overspend either like, like Bauer to your point, Jason, like that, that contract is ridiculous, Yep. you know, and he's, he's been too inconsistent where he's had really great years and then really off years to get $40 million a year. But I, you know, I think that's the, I think that's uh, the hard part about pitcher contracts. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not worried. Um, I, you know, when we talk about Rizzo and, and the Cubs, I mean, that's something that you worry about when it comes to Giolito and the Sox, they'll make something work. They'll make it happen. He, he seems very content here. He's happy. Uh, he loves his teammates. I mean, this is a, a team who gave him a shot. I mean, he was one of the worst pitchers. What was it in 2018? Yeah, 2000, now two years ago. He, yeah, it was a couple was of years ago. Picture. Johnny. Yeah, it was a word. Yeah. Like, and you said the the big thing we're forgetting is the, the White Sox bring in and bringing in Ethan Katz, I think, goes a long way with the loyalty Giolito will show the White Sox because um, they're yeah. doing everything they can to appease them. And Ethan Katz is a big part of that. Yeah, exactly. So right now, I mean, I'm just worried about the now. Uh, it, they'll they'll get that straightened out. They'll 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 figure that out. And it seems like he's they'll. And these guys are magicians. I mean, obviously Rick Hahn and 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 Jerry for for them being as cheap as they are, they lock in their young players for for long term deals. So whatever, whatever it is that they can work out, I'm sure they'll figure it out. And if it doesn't, obviously, you know, you know, if Giolito does go and stuff like that, the Sox have a ton of pitching talent as it is right now. Um, and they still got Jared Kelly in, in the farm system as well, too. I mean, I'm hopefully they do get it done. I'm not, that's not what I'm trying to say is, but um, how John was mentioning is that they do have a lot of young talent uh, that they could build off of just like how, when we thought that when sale left, who was going to be the next man up and sure enough, there comes Giolito. So um, I'm not worried. I'm just worried about the now presence. Let's just get things rolling. Cause I am freaking super excited about <laughs> baseball, man. I've been like looking at the clock. I'm like this time tomorrow we'll be watching. Well, for the, for Sox, Sox fans, we'll be, you know, watching baseball. I think the first game is at 12 o'clock, uh, the Yankees in Toronto. Johnny, I'm with you. I'm excited. I'm ready to go. We've been talking about this brief baseball preview podcast for a couple of weeks now. I don't know what happened. Maybe it's just the vibe we give off, Jason. But I was not expecting the sky is falling. We're not signing Giolito talk to begin the show. So let's <laughs> let's get to the fun stuff. Okay, so I'll, yeah, I'll bring hell, it. Man? You're depressing me. <laughs> I'll, I will bring some good news. And that was um, Andrew Vaughn has officially made the roster. The Sox did not do hey. any service manipulation time. And partially two for one because that piece of shit from the Mariners had to open his mouth and kind of ruin it for everyone in baseball. And second with, like I told you guys with the minor league starting beginning of May, there's no way that and most teams are going to take like their top prospects and let them sit for a, a month and then, you know, get that extra two weeks necessary. So you're talking end of May before some of these guys come up. Sox weren't going to, they're, they're going for it this year. They're all in, they want to jump about the gates. So um, hopefully he adjusts to major league pitching. He hasn't hit above a ball. It's going to be very interesting. He tore the shit off the ball in spring training, um, but it's he's he's not starting tomorrow. For some reason, Tony Larusa put a Ricky Renteria lineup out there. And no, put no, Lori Garcia in the six her. hole. Hold on, I'm dude. saying it. No. You don't put Lori Garcia in the six hole. I don't care. You do Dude, not put you, him in the six hole. Seen, we've seen Tony enough, and we've read about it. I read about, enough about it the, the last week or two. He's going to tinker at the start of the year. He's going to give everyone playing time. He's going to make people earn their playing time. 
I'm not worried about it. The, I knew people were going to start complaining about the opening day lineup. Dude, we've been looking forward to this for months. And now the first lineup is out and people are shit like going crazy about it's it. It's a Ricky Renteria lineup. You, it's Lori Garcia. I don't want to hear Rick Renteria from you at all this year. Stop it. This yeah. is the last time you say it. No more. No They're more. Not starting Carlos Rodon tomorrow, are they? <laughs> he's gonna That's he's gonna right. come in he's gonna come in the ninth inning with bases loaded. There you go. Yeah, that, that would be Ricky. Yeah, let's, but all I'm all I'm saying is let's take it easy with the lineup complaints and stuff. At least for the first month of the season. I think I think that probably means that Lou Bob's probably hitting seventh tomorrow. Um, probably followed by between Zach Collins and Madrigal then. Yeah, so that's some that's some piece of good news. Sox didn't do any manipulation on the service time, so Andrew Vaughn made the roster. Um, John, who who's uh, I, I saw that they sent down Nico Horner. That seems like a service manipulation kind of thing because he's like their best defensive player. And what do you what are your, what are your thoughts on the Horner? Yeah, you know, I was really bugged by it, you know, but it, I don't think it was a service manipulation thing at all. I think that it was really to give uh, Bodie the shot to be, uh, I'm going to take a, a page out of the Chicago Bears and call him uh, the 2B1. Uh, so they're, they're giving <laughs> Bodie the shot really there to to get that playing time. I don't agree with it. I mean, I think Bodie's a nice player. Don't get me wrong. I, I like Bodie. He's a, he's a great sub. He can give you some, you know, good pinch hitting off the bench. He's very versatile. He can play around the diamond, but he's not your future, you know? And, it, and, and again, if you are really at a point where you're going to let Rizzo walk, you're going to let Chris Bryant walk. You're going to let Javier Baez potentially walk. You got to see what some of these guys can do, right? Because really, if these guys are walking, their future is Ian Happ, it's Nico Horner, and it's Wilson Contreras, at least for another couple of years. So why are you sending Horner back down if, if this is supposed to be your future? Like, that's where I'm confused. That's what I don't get. And again, I think Bodie's a great guy. He's a great player. You know, like I like him. He's a nice player, but Horner's the, he's the future. At least that's what we need to find out. Right. So, but I I don't think it's a, it's a manipulation of the time service or anything like that, because I don't think they benefit from that. He's already played. Yeah. I mean, he's not going to be like breaking in like breaking contracts and stuff like that when he's signed and if that's the case, why, why would they have played them pretty much all of 2020? You know, if they were so worried about the service time, they really could have just, you know, had them in the minors all of 2020 and just let them get his at-bats. And I get it. If Bodie's your second baseman and that's the guy that you're going with, you, he needs to get consistent at-bats if you want him to get better. So where else is he going to go? It's better than having him come off the bench or, or play part of a, a platoon. But I don't agree with that. I think that should have been your, your second baseman to start. He, played really well in spring. And I think the hard part for the Cubs is they really had multiple guys play well at second baseman this spring. You know, they had Vargas even played well and they outrighted him and he's going to the offsite uh, now because he wasn't picked up off waivers, but he had a good spring. Um, you know, Sogard actually had a pretty decent spring too. And I think when they brought him on, he had a, a handshake deal that said, Hey, we're going to, you're going to be in the majors. You know, you're going to make the team no matter what. And um, you don't have anything to worry about if you come on board here. So but he also had a good spring, so it's, he deserved to be on the team as well. So I think it was hard because every second baseman they had really played well. But again, Horner's your future, or at least you need to find that out. Do you anticipate that one of those two gets moved to third and KB gets moved at the deadline? And I think that's a possibility because uh, Rossi's already said that KB's not going to play the outfield. So if he's playing third base, there's really no room to move around. Bodie can't play the outfield. I think Horner can play a little bit of center, um, but I think that that's Ian Hap's job to lose. So I think it's nice to have that positional depth in the minors if you have an injury or anything like that. But I think KB really, I mean, they have to move him, you know, come come uh, trade deadline. They have to, because he's not, he's not going to resign here. They're not going to fork over the money. And quite honestly, like I've, I've struggled to, to decide whether I want them to give him the money or not i think that i'd be happy if they paid him and he was here long term but i also am not going to be mad if they don't i think the injury history has just been too lengthy at this point uh but if you look at the numbers you look at you know his on base you look at his um you know his uh ops, OPS. yeah it's really strong i mean they're he's a he's a great player you know he's just not as exciting as maybe as a tatis or a bias but 
he's a really good player when he's healthy. It's just, can he stay healthy? And also having Scott Boris as your agent doesn't help either. Absolutely not. He's going to be trying to break the bank on the, on, on Chris Bryan. And a lot of teams are going to look at that and be like, eh, you might want to rethink that Scotty over there. I don't know, man. Maybe the Mets will pay it. You know, they're, they've That's been true. dying for a third baseman since David Wright went down and, and he was out. So I can see the Mets spending the money. I mean, that, that Cohen's crazy. He's, he's going to throw money wherever he can at this point. Well, yeah. Do you see what they're, he's offering Lindor and Lindor said, nah, 328 million or 25 million isn't enough. I, I want 385. Like Jesus Christ. Like that's what, and that's why I got pissed off with some of these contracts with Bauer and Tatis and Machado and Harper, because now they're, they're just setting this unreasonable bar unfathomable bar for these guys who think that now they're, they're worth 350 plus and it's going to get ridiculous because as we all know, Sox don't play like that. Now it seems like the Cubs aren't playing like that. And you got these other, all the coastal teams are like, okay, we'll play that. We'll play that ball. Like it's, it's just getting ridiculous. You remember when Alex Rodriguez had the monster 10 year contract, it was like 200 million. And that was like the biggest contract ever in the history of anything. And now we're, we're, I mean, we're up to four. We're like, what, 400 now? 400. Almost, yeah. uh, Trout, Trout got 400. Was was that it? Yes, he yeah. did. Yeah. Yeah, it was like 435, I think. You might as well, these guys are, are able to buy their own teams with this money that they're just spending to these players. I mean, it's ridiculous. I don't, I, they're great players. Don't get me wrong. I think Trout is probably the only one that is probably worth that amount. But man. I, I, I would, I would gladly take a million dollars. These guys, I just say, yeah, I'm not. I think I'm more worth three eighty four instead of three twenty mil. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, but these guys look, are just like, I don't know. You got to look at it. It's like apples versus oranges here. You know, like yes, you would take a million dollars. I would take a million dollars at playing shortstop for the Cubs because I know how terrible I'd be, and a million dollars would be amazing. But I mean, if if you're in a position where you have, you know, you're going to your boss and he has the money to pay you that you're, you're not going to tell me you're going to ask for a higher salary. If, if, Oh, no, no, no. That's not, yeah, no. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just me. I can't, I don't, I, I used to play baseball, but I'm not, (laughs) you know, Lindor. Uh, Absolutely. No, I, I 100% agree. You know what they're, they as personal you know, these players are trying to do. No, I, if I was in that situation, yeah, absolutely. I would try to go with that. But I, I think, you know, for it going as high as it continues to go, I don't know, maybe it's just the times, you know, I'm, I'm such an old school guy. I'm, you know, I'm, you so know that's what I was going to say. What I was going to say was obviously in our situation, because we have two ownership groups that aren't willing to pay the money, we could complain about it. But other than that, it's not your money. Who cares what money, what they're spending? Like, I don't care if the Dodgers are willing to spend, you know, a billion dollars on their payroll. Like it's not my money let them do whatever they want, but I get it. We can't, the competitive balance is at stake, which is another subject, but like when people, it's not the NFL, it's not the NBA. I mean, just like when people complain about salaries, I'm like, who cares? It's not their money. And you're just as good as what someone's willing to pay you. So if these guys are getting paid good for them. Yeah. I, I just think it's going to like this other ungodly level with top players and they're just, it's, it's all just going to be NBA or MLB versions of super teams at this point, like, like what, what the Dodgers are and what the Padres pitching staff is like right now. I mean, I know they traded for a lot of those guys, but I mean, it, it's, it just seems like a lot of these West coast teams are just becoming the super teams and yeah, it's, it's it's extreme. I I guess that you know that's what I'm coming down to, and it, it's it looks it's starting to look like the NBA. That, that and that's and that's what I'm trying to you know get as well too is that, you know this like when the NBA like with the Nets and the Lakers and the Clippers and whatever. Obviously, it could be jealousy too. You know, I would want an owner who who loves to spend money, so it could be a part a lot of that as well too. But yeah, it just came to a point where you're going to start looking at it like the NBA or you know whatever. So. Well, know. the one thing I will say, and maybe I'm wrong about this, but I feel like the, especially in major league baseball, it's a bubble. And I don't think they're, 
they're not going to be able to keep this up much longer because they're not getting the same television contracts that the NBA and the NFL are getting. Their attendance across the board is down. Their TV ratings, especially for the playoffs and even the World Series, is way down. So these players are getting their money now. But I have a feeling within the next decade or two, that bubble is going to burst because um, there's, I mean, there's attendance figures and ratings and stuff like that, that like Mexican league soccer is outdrawing baseball games in the United States and stuff like that. So I think that bubble will eventually burst, but maybe I'm wrong and they just keep paying and salaries will go up. No, I, I agree. I think their baseball eventually will hit a plateau if they don't increase their, you know, the, the uh, viewership, you know, if they don't, get the younger fan base to really get excited about baseball. You know, I don't think baseball will die, but I think that it definitely will hit a plateau where they can only pay so much, I guess, at this point. But I I think as far as the super teams goes, it's not something I really would be concerned about or that I'm personally not concerned about any team really building a super team because there's just too many variables in baseball to have a super team. I think like when you look at the NBA, like when you have two or three superstars, on a team that, I mean, you're, you're guaranteed to have a really great season, you know, like it's such an individualistic sport, but, or I'm sorry, a team sport where baseball is a little bit more individualistic. So, you know, when you're going up to the plate, you're not going up there with LeBron James and the other batter box, you know, so you're, you're going up there with yourself and that bat and that's it. So I think baseball is just, it's too much chance. There's too many variables. There's too many things that can happen from you. I mean, even if you look at the teams that have had the top payrolls, the Cubs have been top five payroll for the last, you know, five years. It hasn't guaranteed them any championships. They're not a super team, you know, so it, it really depends on how well the teams are spending their money. You know, if they are giving these guys $400, you know, $400 million contracts, how else are they supplementing their teams? I mean, they gave Trout that contract. The angels suck, you know, they, they haven't got, they've gotten to the playoffs once in Trout's career, you know, maybe this is the year they finally get back, but it doesn't guarantee anything. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's uh, transition this over to our next topic, and that was who you think are there going to be your team MVPs? Um, and since you know we got three Sox fans, one Cubs fans here, we'll just keep it, you know, for your favorite team right there. So, um, Peter, we already heard who your team MVP is going to be. You're st- you're still sticking with Giolito? Yeah, I think they. I said it before. I think the White Sox will go as far as their starting pitching goes, especially once we get deep, hopefully deep into the uh, postseason. And I expect Gio to have a, if not a Cy Young year, then definitely a Cy Young caliber year. So hopefully I'm right. And uh, yeah, my team MVP is uh, Lucas Giolito. Johnny? Uh, I'm not picking anybody because the guy that I picked got injured and I'm not going to be like, (laughs) oh, that's true. I'm not going to be like coffee cake and, you know, just put me in the bathroom, man. Put, put I, him in I'm the bathroom. I'm not, I'm not picking that. I'm not picking anybody else. Cause I don't want that juju on anybody other player. Jo- so. Johnny mush. <laughs> yes. All right. All right. Well, maybe, Hey, maybe, you know what? You could actually shock us. Cause maybe he comes back early and then he just carries the socks in the postseason and, you know, has some game winning home runs or something to, to put put us in the well, next yeah. round or something cousin javi mentioned the, the the scenario of he could have like a shorter type postseason where he comes back late in the year and helps us out in the postseason hopefully that's the case so you can still you can still win with your mvp pick there johnny yeah all right yep. cousin john who's your cubs mvp yeah, I mean, I'll uh, I'll actually give one. I'm not worried about myself being the SI curse, you know, or or the Madden cover curse here. But uh, I think it, you know, the Cubs are only going to go as far as their pitching goes. I mean, with that soft throwing rotation, they can still win games. You know, I don't think it's going to be impossible. I, I think that they obviously will need to remain healthy. But I think Hendricks. I think Hendricks is going to be the guy now. I mean, he finally doesn't have like a Jake Arrieta or a John Lester or you Darvish in front of him. He's the guy, he's the number one, you know, that Matt XS, you know, kind of pitcher who, you know, the master of the command. So I think if he has a Cy Young type year, we actually could maybe sneak into second place, maybe a playoff spot, but I mean, that would be a push, but if they do, then he of course would be the MVP there. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with one of my, my, you know, man crush of Lou Bob my team MVP. Um, 
I, he, I mean, obviously everyone saw what he did last year coming out the gate. And then obviously he had his rookie slump when pitchers started just hitting him down and away and up in the corners. And um, it looks like in spring training, he solved some of those and he's being a little more patient and he's not getting his, he didn't get as many strikeouts in the spring. So I think that he's going to be figuring out this pitching really quick this, this season. I mean, maybe he might have a little bump or two, but we all saw the raw power that he possessed and just driving in moonshots. And he's, if you put him with Eloy out, you put him five or six hole and he's just going to, he's going to drive in a hundred plus runs. I think um, I would, I would say Mankata. I think that he's going to take a big step, but we all know what his hit him with COVID last year. He, he took a step back big time from 2019 so I'm um, definitely want to see a bounce back from him, but I think my my team MVP is going to be Lou Bob, Jason. Well, and he already started with a bang with the uh, music, so he's got a nice music career going on. With him. <laughs> yeah. The baseball stuff doesn't last for him. That's true, Jason. You mentioned uh, Lou Bob struggling um, last season at the plate, uh, but even if he struggles this year, his defense is so good. I feel like that's such an invaluable tool that the White Sox have is that he catches everything, which is awesome. And he's, I had it written down. He's one of the only players that's fun to watch at. Well, I mean, not one of the only players, but he's fun to watch on both sides, like both sides of the ball. And I feel like if he is struggling, he's still making uh, contributions where, whereas some of these players are, you know, are one dimensional. And plus too, now in defensively, he doesn't have to do as much with Eloy out. He doesn't have to cover as much ground because if you, if in late inning games, you have eaten Robert and Ingle in the outfield, that's probably the best defensive outfield in, in baseball. If you ask me. Um, so with him not having to worry about running into Eloy head first, because Eloy doesn't know how to move when he says, I got it. I think it definitely helps, uh, helps him stay healthy as well. How long is Ingle out for? Just like middle of April. Okay. Yeah, he, he, Louis Lori Garcia is going to be filling in, and yeah. Andrew Vaughn in left field until he comes back. All right, so team MVPs. All right, where do you got? Where do you got this? How far are these teams going, John? You said Cubs, maybe second place, wild card spot, possibly if everything clicks. Yeah, I mean it's got to be like best case scenario. Everyone's got to stay healthy. They got to have bounce back years from Bias, which I think Bias is going to have a big year. I think like the ability to watch video again in the dugout is going to help him adapt again, like uh, at the plate. And having fans back into the into the stadium is really going to help him energize them. I think he'll carry the team offensively. Personally, um, I think that they finish eighty three and seventy nine. Uh, you know, honestly, it's probably going to be a third place finish right behind St. Louis and Milwaukee. Um, but if all things go well, they, like I said, they have a shot to be in second place. I've got the Sox winning the division. I have the Sox, uh, when I made my picks earlier um, this week, I have the Sox actually winning the pennant. So um, I don't have them winning the World Series. Uh, I think that they probably have another year left before they really like everything clicks and then they actually they get the job done. But I have them winning the pennant this year. I think their pitching looks a lot better and um, their hitting, I think is, is no joke. It's just, my only concern with them is, are they going to be able to overcome all the, the strikeouts? You know, mm-hmm. I, I think being a home run heavy team, are they going to be able to make contact when it matters in the playoffs? And I think that's where they learn it this year. And then, um, next year they, they win it all. Well, I will say to, with the strikeout point, having Zach Collins on your team is a, but is a plus because that guy takes a massive amount of walks. He probably has one of the best eyes in baseball, like almost like a Frank Thomas esque eye for for not swinging at balls outside the zone. So if if Lubau cuts down the strikes, you get Zach Collins taking the walks. Mankata continues to decrease his K rate. Yeah, you're right. It's it's gonna it's gonna be big on how much they they don't strike out and they can draw some of those walks. Um. Johnny, where you got the, where you got the teams going? Um, I'm talking about we're talking about both Cubs too, right? Yeah, yeah. Give give both. Okay. Uh, Cubs sneaking into the playoffs. Um, I mean, you still got some 
you know, pretty as a as, as a wild card or actually going into the playoffs as a as a wild card as a wild okay. card. I think they sneak in. Um, as far as the the White Sox, um, I have them going all the way to the ALCS, um, not the World Series. Even though I think it, it'll probably be the Yankees and the, and the White Sox in the ALCS. Um, nobody's really I, we didn't really touch on this. That bullpen's incredible. I mean, if you're yeah. if the Sox are if the Sox are like winning two one or two, whatever. I mean, they got the best bullpen. I mean, you got a lights out a closer. You have pitchers left and right that are are just fastball and everything. I mean, bummer and crochet, and you even got Kopech in there as well too. Until he starts getting healthy, depending on how uh, season Rodon do during the uh, during the season. But you got a Kopech in there as well too. Um, definitely looking for Vaughn to become this phenomenon that I, I think everybody's, you know, you know, hoping that he becomes. Um, and then I know the loss of Eloy, it, it hurts. I mean, especially, you know, especially him because he's very, a get goer. He's very cheerful. He's that, you know, he's always smiling. He just, you know, you feel bad for him. I mean, obviously he shouldn't be catching balls like that. He shouldn't be in the outfield in general. I mean, I I've said it before, um, but um we'll be fine. We got so we, our pitching's great. We improved our pitching, our starting pitching. Um, we got great defense as well too. Um, but yeah, I, as far as uh, reaching the world series, I, I, I don't think they're, they're there just yet. Um, I, I think the Yankees got a, a little bit more talent than we do. Obviously when you get, you know, Garrett Cole, I mean, that's definitely, uh, <laughs> you, you got a one up there on the pitching portion of it. And then they got Kluber as well too. So, I mean, he's still got some, you know, life in him as well too. Um, but yeah, I, I think they're going to go on the ALCS. But I'm de- like I said, I'm I'm definitely hopefully they go to the World Series. Hopefully I'm wrong. I, I just want to piggyback on something you said about the uh, bullpen too. And I think at one point in the season, you're gonna once Kopech gets some his arm strength up and eats some innings, I think you're gonna see the swap roll down in the pen, and then Kopech's gonna be your number five because obviously that's the long term plan for him is to stretch him out as a starter. You know, you you already had a little the two game sample before he got hurt, but yeah, I don't think you want to burn, burn him through for a full season because that, that bullpen with Kopech or with Radon is still a, you know, lights out shutdown pen. And it's yeah. going to be interesting to see what, what they do. So Jay, that's what I was hoping for is maybe all-star break or past the all-star break. Kopech gets into the starting lineup. I think that rotation with him starting if he's back at 100%, which it looks like he has. Um, his spring training looked pretty good. Um, but like you said, we don't know how far they are willing to go with him. So I would rather him take it easy in the bullpen as long as possible. And if you know he has the stuff, then getting closer to the postseason, maybe you put him in there. But like you said, Jason, I or Johnny, that, that bullpen's lights out, man. And I know on paper is a whole different thing. And and we've seen bullpens on paper be awesome. And then when the season starts, we, but I'm knocking on wood. I think um, top to bottom, they're lights out. Yeah, it's a sexy ass bullpen. <laughs> it, yeah, it, it is really sexy. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, with this year, though, I think. I can foresee Kopech hitting the rotation at some point and kind of staying there at the back half of the year. I think they're really going to have him on an innings limit. They, yeah. they, they kind of have to, you know, you got to protect your future there. Um, but I think like you got to, you know, another thing we didn't really talk about too is like 2020 was such a short year that a lot of these guys are stretched out for a full year. So I think you're going to see a lot of six man rotations later on in the year, especially heading into the playoffs and Kopech being that guy, you know, you can stretch him out later in the year, once he starts getting some more innings out of the bullpen. And then when you get into the playoffs, I mean, that's a guy who can pitch, you know, with the new rules where you have to face at least three batters. That's a guy I feel really great about going in and, you know, the the third inning, fourth inning of a game where, you know, maybe you have your fourth or fifth starter go out there for one or two innings. And then you put in a stretch guy, a swing guy and having him fill in some innings. So that's a really dangerous weapon for them to have right now uh, going into the playoffs, uh, you know, later this year. Um, you know, obviously put in the, uh, the wagon before the horse here, but I think all things considered, I mean, they, they've got to make the playoffs and 
with that lineup and that bullpen. So, yep. And just a, one more thing too, you know, about that is, I mean, we got Larusa. I mean, you got one of the best baseball minds ever, as far as managerial. I mean, the guy's record, track record, is you know just proves it. Hall of Famer as well too. Um, obviously, you know, w- with what happened and you know, you know, before the season started, obviously, you know, a lot of distractions, but. Um, We're moving past a lot of that, players Johnny. Are buying... Yeah, no, um, yeah, exactly. A lot of a lot of players are buying into what he has, and obviously, you know, with the Pujols talking to Abreu and just a lot of the land players and just Anderson, everybody's on board. Everybody, Gilito, everybody is on board, and that's the one thing that this team is gelling. You know, obviously, is before the season starts with their manager. So, um, I'm I'm just excited, man. I mean, I'm I'm. So pumped about baseball. I'm I'm probably going to watch that Yankees game because I'm just excited about baseball in general. <laughs> um, and you know, obviously, switch over to watch the Cubs game as well too. Um, but yeah, I'm just I'm just as a White Sox fan. A lot of us, I you know, I speak for you guys as well too. We've been waiting for this this moment for such a long time, and it just now it's it it's it's let it's ready to go, man. We're just really excited. Yep, Peter. So um, the Cubs, I think they got a lot of good veterans, you know. Still got Javi, Rizzo, Bryant. Franchise is awesome. Take it easy. Let's be positive. (laughs) Um, But I think there's better teams. I I got them going 500. I I think they're a 500 ball club. Um, Hopefully I'm wrong and, and they sneak in there, maybe a wild card. But for the time being, I see them being, I mean, they're not bad, but they're not great. So I, I got them at 500. For the White Sox, Jason, I talked to you after the Eloy um, injury saying, realistically, how many wins does that um, take away from us, basically? And I kind of did the calculations. I still got them at like, I still got them at like 95-ish, 93 wins. And, and hopefully, maybe it's more. But re- I think they win the division. I, I think our goal, um, even before the Eloy thing, and and even without, we were good enough to win the division. And then from there, you got to build on last season. You got to build on last season's postseason. That postseason was disastrous. I don't blame it the players whatsoever. I think that was all on the manager. So we got a better manager. I feel like we should be getting to the ALCS. Hopefully it's past there, but I got, I I just want to see progression. I want to see them win playoff games, win a playoff series, get to the, get deeper into the playoffs. And anything after that is bonus. Anything after that is candy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely going ALCS. I, I think that as long as the bullpen doesn't get overtaxed, and the and cease can you know not gas out towards the end of the season and um Kopech can can maybe get some late season life i think they could potentially have a chance to win the world series i'm definitely or not win but get to the world series i don't think if the Sox are ready to compete with padres or or dodgers if if one of those teams make it in there um but i definitely think they could make it to the world series. I definitely see ALCS in their future this year. I think it's ALCS or bust. I think anything less would be, you know, travesty, something to be disappointed about. Um, But it's just going to be a question. Like you were saying, John, I think they're, I think they're still one year away just because mostly most of that pitching staff is very young arms with the exception of Dallas and, but in Lance Lynn, but it's a very young pitching staff up and down. So if they can somehow muster out the energy to finish and go deep, then we maybe can make some magic happen, but it's going to be all of that pitching staff. Yeah. I mean, it's always on pitching and in this really like, you know, I know baseball is not synonymous, you know, I know teams are not the same and seasons are not the same, but it, this really feels a lot like, uh, you know, for me, when it was 2015, 2016, you know, for the, for the Cubs, where you just felt like things were coming together, you really started seeing a lot of that youth come together and, and that's why I say, I think the Sox really, they have at least another year where they're going to go through their growing pains, you know, and you're going to be super frustrated at some point and you're going to be super excited at other points, you know, and when they get into the playoffs, man, your stomach is going to turn. You're not going to eat at all, you know, the day of the game. And, 
but you know I think it's really next year is like the, the year where I think things will come together you know the, their pitching staff to your point Jason they're going to come together that they're going to learn from their mistakes they're going to learn that you can't hit home runs all the time in the playoffs and you know you got to move the ball around the uh, around the diamond and and push runs in and and then this is the year that they learn that so I, th- I still think it's going to be a really fun year for you guys. I'm really excited for, for all of you. Like I'm not one of those Sox haters. I love baseball. This is, this is my favorite time of year. April is my favorite time of year. Um, I live for 162 game seasons. I watch every game that I possibly can. Um, and I think the, the Sox are going to be so fun to watch this year. Yeah. And before I get to my cut prediction, I will say that the, the one thing that kind of, that fucked the Sox was obviously with COVID because they needed the 2020 season for the arms to build up innings and build up situational awareness and all that. So only having that 60 game where you couldn't obviously with Kopech opting out you, coming back off of his surgery, he's that's why he's not in the rotation. Now you see still hasn't gotten it at 200 innings yet in the bullpen as well. So the, the, the 20, the, the COVID you know, fuck the socks. Cause everyone, if, if they had a full season to go through their growing pains and then, then you should be saying 2021 world series, but now everything got shifted a year back. So I think, I think 2022 is the year we should all be looking forward to. Um, as far as the Cubs predictions, I, I think they will be better than a 500 team. Um, I, I, I don't think I have them going to the playoffs because obviously you're going to have, two playoff spots coming out of the West and between Atlanta, Washington, and the Mets, you're probably going to have two playoff spots coming out of the East. So it's going to be a fight for the central, I think. So if St. Louis is always St. Louis, they're always just a thorn in the Cubs sides, no matter how good of a season the Cubs, the Cubs have St. Louis always seems to be there nipping at their ankles. Um, so it's, I think it's going to be a dog fight between Cubs Cardinals and Brewers. So that it, it I, it's going to be hard for them, I think, to win at division because just because of how good the East and um, it's going to, it's hard for them to win, going to win the division, but to get that wild card spot, just because of the way the East and the West are built right now. Oh. So that's our team finishes um, on a little lighthearted note here. I got, just want to ask you guys at the, you know, guaranteed rate or Wrigley Field. What is the best best food, best snack to get at each stadium? Modelos. Well, huh. yes, that's a given. But give me a give me a food wise here. What do you what do you? I know you you drafted your hot dogs at the ballpark. Yeah, I mean, there, it's no secret the hot dog at a ballpark, a either a sausage, a Polish, or just a regular hot dog with mustard and grilled onions. It's one of my, if not my favorite food, it's just something about a dog and a beer at a baseball game. The sun's out. It, it just hits different. The kids, the kids say it slaps. <laughs> That's what's hot what? in the streets now. It slaps. Oh, it slaps. <laughs> and then at Wrigley, um, the hot dogs. Obviously, the hot dogs has been a staple around Chicagoland. They closed down, but they still have the stand at Wrigley. And I don't make it out to Wrigley much, maybe once every other year or so. But whenever I do make it out there, um, the hot dogs is definitely the place to be. Cousin John, what's your what's your go-to food? Same. I mean, if you're going to Wrigley, hot dogs is it's clutch, man. It doesn't exist anymore anywhere else but Wrigley Field right now. I get the uh, Sergio Mitre hot dog whenever I go out there. Um, and, you know, also the fact that there's a bone of beef at a uh, ballparks really is, is pretty amazing. So if I'm going to Cubs game, it's got to be bone or it's got to be, uh, it's got to be hot dogs. If I'm going to Comiskey uh, and yes, I still call it Comiskey as you should everybody. Uh, yep. Yeah, um, same thing, Bona. And, and honestly, I, I think the food is better <laughs> at Comiskey. So I, I don't think it's like it's hard to choose one spot at Comiskey because I feel like they have so many options there. Um, even just beer. I mean, like the craft beers that they have there is just so amazing. Um, I honestly, that's why I go to Sox games. You know, I'd love baseball one. 
I'm not a Sox fan. You know, I'm not going to root against them. But when I go to Sox games, it's cheaper. <laughs> the beer is great. Yeah. And the food is amazing. So, can't miss. Um, Johnny? Yeah, I mean, I mean, both of you guys just hit it on the nail. I mean, it's easy just to get a hot dog and a beer and it's, you know, there you go, bam. But as John mentioned at, at you know, at, you know, Comiskey, I mean, there, you have so many options that you can, you can pick. I mean, you know, Polish, I mean, anything that they have over there, it's great. I mean, I, I think they voted Comiskey as one of the best places to get food. I mean, it's just it just great food. So, but yeah, I mean, I, I would be the same. I mean, a hot dog and a beer any, any day, man, when I go to a ballpark, I mean, that's just, that's just the American dream, right? <laughs> Tradition. Yeah. Um, for me, obviously for Cubs, it, yeah, it would be hot dogs. Is, is um, 50, 50 still have their wings stand there? I know they used to have 50, 50 wings. So. The, the, only thing that, the only thing that they've really kind of rotated was like that, um, they had like Rick Bayless's like a pop up there once. Um, so that's kind of cool. Oh yeah. Like they the did have Rick Bayless tacos for like a whole season. Right. They did. Yeah. So they do like those pop-ups and stuff like that. So I don't think 50 is there anymore, but they do okay. the pop-ups like periodically and Rick Bayless's restaurant was one of them. Very that was cool. actually pretty awesome. And then for me, everybody knows that I'm a I'm, for, at, for Sox game, I'm a big fan of the Cuban. Yep. That's my go. That's my go-to every time I'm there. I still think they're Cuban slaps. Did I, did I do that right? No, damn, no. Uh, it's, but it's different. Yeah, it's their, their Cuban is. I'll put that up against like Ninety Mile Cafe or whatever. It's, I don't know what it is, but it's just one of the best best Cuban sandwiches I've had. Um, and obviously, gotta, just the craft beers is just another level over there. I, I the craft cave is. I mean, obviously, everybody knows about the craft cave. I got a hidden gem at uh, Comiskey. It's in the outfield. Um, I, I don't actually, I don't even know if it's still there, but the line and Kugel stand, I don't like line and Kugel beer all that much, it is. but the line and Kugel stand does something called the honey bear, where it's basically their version of a black and tan, but they do half honey weiss and half berry weiss. And it's amazing. I remember I like whenever I can get there, I down them. They're so good. Um, I can't recommend them one off and I feel like not a lot of people know about it. So, Oh, I'm going to ask. Yeah. I didn't know about that. I knew they had yeah. the stand, but I'd never, the honey bear. I'm, I'm just, you know, always like on the summer shandy kick, obviously, but I'm going to have to try that next time. Yeah. It's like a hidden gem, dude. I love it. Burger beer is dangerous too, because <laughs> it tastes like juice and you just go yeah. like at like 12 deep and then you're like, Oh shit. Yeah. Uh Oh, all right. Well, before we wrap up the um, p- baseball preview podcast, I have a kind of a feel good story for all the baseball purists out there. And that is a uh, judge throughout Angel Hernandez lawsuit against MLB. And if you don't know, he sued him for racial discrimination because he hasn't worked a world series in 2005. And the judge basically said, your, your case has no merit because they shown the stats and you are a piece of shit umpire and you should be lucky that you even have a job. <laughs> <laughs> Not I'm in those exact words, but you know, the, <laughs> the judge lingo. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm for that ruling. I mean, he's up there with Joe West. I mean, I, I, I'm sick of these umps that get like, they're the showsmen, like the, Hey, cameras on me. Yeah. Cowboy, yeah. Cowboy Joe West is another one of them. Angel yeah, dude. Terrible. For some reason, baseball out of everyone has the, basically the celebrity. look at me. Look at me. Yeah. The celebrity umps and refs. Yeah. Well, what was funny is MLB in their counter or their defense, whatever, they actually show that they had another Latino umpire who his crew did the world series to like recently in the past, like 10 years. So him saying that it's racial discrimination, but they were like, no, you there's actually another Latin umpire who's done the World Series. It's not anything great. It's it's Angel Hernandez. It's yeah, you. and, and, and I, was gonna, I was about to say, anyone else, I would have his back. I feel like as Latinos, we got to stick together. Angel Hernandez, you can burn it now, dude. <laughs> yeah, so that was, that was we, definitely a feel forget, good. How can we forget when Mongo called him out? Oh yeah, Mongo McMichael, right? Remember that? And he yeah, got Mongo kicked out. Called him out. Yeah, he got and kicked out, but he got the balls to say what everybody else wanted, you know, 
didn't didn't say at the time. I mean, he just plain suck. And that was what was that, 1997? That was, that was crazy. He ago. kicked them out. He was in the in the stands, right? Like in the, he was in the, the press box. Stretch. Yeah, in the press box. Yeah. He got kicked out from the <laughs> yeah. press box. What a shit show. Didn't yeah. that happen recently too with another ump who threw out like an owner or like a Yeah, like yeah. I, I, I don't know yeah. the whole yeah. I don't remember the whole backstory, but yeah, you're right. It did happen recently. Like one of the one of the GMs or something got I don't think it was an owner, I think it was a GM who got yeah. tossed. So and it's still uh, sometimes that's why I'm okay with robo ums. <laughs> <laughs> but that's another that's another topic for another day. Um, All right, Jason, before you wrap up the show, I've got a question for, for everyone. And I know my cousin Javi, cousin Javi is probably listening. So I'm gonna leave it up to you guys. When at what point in April does Jason have his classic blow up <laughs> Twitter rant that the sky is falling? Tony LaRusso sucks, the White Sox suck. Please, I hate everyone. Please pick me. Please, please. Okay, Johnny, what Please. what date do you got? Because I'm gonna write them down, and then we're probably gonna bet some money on it. Hey, are you kidding me? It's tomorrow. <laughs> He's yeah. gonna blow up tomorrow. I, I already we won. All... Just give me the money. He's gonna start blowing up on Twitter tomorrow. Does my does my lineup rant already count? <laughs> no, no. We know that you got. You always have one special one where it's it's the uh, end of the world. Oh, and it's, it's literally okay. So remember, it has to remember be the end when of the you world one? hold on, hold on. Remember when you basically wanted to send Yohan Mankata back to Cuba, like you just flat out like gave up on him. And it was like two games into the season. You, oh no. You said no, no. he was striking out too much and it was literally five games into the season. I'm like, what's happening here? Well, he was. <laughs> I'm going to point out here that the Sox don't really have a day off, like uh, to start out the season, uh, like right away. Like a lot of teams do. They're going basically April 1st all the way through April 7th. So they start out against the Angels. I think that that's a pretty good opponent. Um, I think they're better this year. I, I don't think they suck as much as they, they have in the past. I'm going to say April 6th on Tuesday. That's the second game against Seattle. If the Sox lose two out of three against the Angels and the opener against Seattle, we're destined for a blow up. April 6th. I got it. Johnny, you say tomorrow? Yeah, he's 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 too quick. Trust me, he'll he'll blow, something something will trigger him, and then just he'll just blow. See, now he probably won't do it just because I already picked the first. I game, know so I should have. You know, I'm gonna forget by the weekend with all. <laughs> That's true. It's Easter weekend. That's I'm gonna true. be heavy on the wine this weekend. I'm probably I'm I'm gonna for I'm gonna definitely remember. Um, so I'm looking oh, at I got I, the Royals. I, I think I think I found game. I think I found the tweet, Peter. It was from. April April fifth, twenty eighteen. April fifth, <laughs> April fifth, mind you. Okay, go read it. Um, Mankata isn't as isn't Mankata isn't good and isn't a leadoff hitter until he proves me otherwise. Time for a change. <laughs> when was opening day that year? Was it like April fourth? Yeah, it was. Li- I remember it being like literally four games into the season, and he's ready to write off Mankata. Okay, Granted, I ch- he's not hold a lead off. Hold on, then I then I change it. Give me the second game of the Angels series. <laughs> yeah, and I got. He so, has to war- He has to start warming up first, and then then you'll you'll yeah. see the second game. In April my defense, 8th, that was st- that was still the, the dark. That was still the dark days of the Sox. That was like, you know, if you ever talk about the dawn no, of a new no, era, no, no, that no, was no, like no. that you was can... like four a.m. in the morning. No, even in the bright days, you will probably still complain about something. So, I'm sure I will. What about the player? Who's the player that he's going to blow up on first? Oh, good question. It's got to be uh, um, Eaton or Ingle. I'm going to say Ingle's hurt, so I think Eaton. Well, gonna that's, his, that's easy because I never crash. wanted that slap dick to begin know, with. Exactly. You look at him. He's he's ready to go <laughs> off right now. <laughs> if he drops a ball tomorrow, it's over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's one Jose Canseco home run off his head from, <laughs> from me just blowing up everything. We're just busting your ball, Jason, because I know. No, it's no, I, I, I can. I, I can I, I'm gonna tell you, it's 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 gonna happen, and it, it's most likely probably gonna be eaten. <laughs> so it's, for those that don't follow us, Jason runs our Twitter account at Shy Sports Bums, and during White Sox season, it's a must follow for all of these shenanigans. 
Yeah, I mean, it's. I don't blame you. I I, I feel like once we get some Milwaukee oh, series, oh, I'm gonna wait. Talk. Hold on a second, folks. We might have to hold on to the bumcast for another second. We have breaking news. Um, Lindor and the Mets have a deal. Three hundred forty million. Wow. Yeah, so it's not. I mean, it's funny money. It's not crazy funny money. And there are right? some. Defer- and there are some deferrals. Ten years. Jeff Bassan just breaks it. Lindor has a ten-year, three hundred forty-one million dollar deal with with uh, deferrals. So thirty-four oh. million dollars a year. How many, how many years was it? Ten years, three hundred forty-one million. What is he? Twenty-seven, twenty-eight, something like that. Yeah. I don't know if we ever had breaking news at and the bumcast, but that might but that might have been a first. But uh, wow! All right, so. Mets gave them a little more than their original asking price. They bumped it up. I think that was about what, 18 million or something that they went yeah. up 16 million. Um, 34 million a year. <laughs> nice. Okay. Well, they're just setting, they're setting the, those guys are setting the markets for yeah, Eloy and Mankata in, in seven years. It's going to be tough for the, the Cubs with Javi too. Cause I feel like Javi's going to feel like he's, He's yeah. That at that point yes, too, I agree. Yeah, he's Javi, gonna he's gonna want at least three hundred is a starting point for Javi. That is Javi's coming much. up closer than what you said, Eloy and Lubav and Mankata. By that time, we're gonna have three rings. I let them all walk. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so, unfortunately, we don't have a sponsor for breaking news. So, I don't know, sponsored by. You know, Darth Maul in the Nicolo, background. Nicolo Ultra. <laughs> All Thanks. right. Uh, Cousin John, thank you for joining us on uh, our always, baseball pod. Always a pleasure. This is this is uh, episode three for Cousin John, correct? Yeah, episode yeah. three. He's right behind Cousin Javi. Yeah. Now, now Cousin Javi's going to tweet us some more bullshit because he's going <laughs> to come back on the podcast. <laughs> I love it, man. Do some more Cup stuff. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I'll do sock stuff too, man. It's fun. I'm excited for baseball. Yep. We'll definitely have you back you know, sometime in the near future. Uh, Peter, Johnny, thanks again. We'll catch you guys over the weekend. Thanks for joining and make sure you subscribe to us and vote Peace, everyone. Vote for our comic book madness. Um, yes. Polls closed today, but we're going to be pumping out the sweet 16 and the elite eight the next couple of days. Um, it'll be on our survey monkey poll. We blast it everywhere and on our Twitter poll at shy sports bums. That's right. All right, everyone. Have a good one. Good night, Javi. Bye, Joel.